A very good day to you. I'm Howard Feldman and this is the Sunday Synthesis Podcast with me, Howard Feldman, and of course, Dr. Anton Marburg. If it looks a bit strange where we are, that is because we are coming to you from the Johannesburg Zoo. It is an absolutely beautiful day here in Johannesburg and it is time to get out. It is October the 17th and we are living what we are preaching. Dr. Anton Marburg. Hello, how are you? Good nice morning. to see you in person. Good morning, nice to be out here and off the Zoom and actually in person. And as you say, we're living what we're breathing. It's just nice to see the baboon in its natural habitat. So very nice to be here at the zoo. So currently, we're sitting on 241 million cases worldwide with 4.9 million deaths and 218 million cases resolved. The United States has 45 million cases with 743,000 deaths. India has 34 million cases with 452,000 deaths. South Africa has 2,916,179 cases with 88,587 deaths and 619 new cases in the last 24 hours, a 2.2% test positivity rate. There are currently 1,788 patients in hospital with COVID-19, of which 303 are in ICU and 159 are on ventilators. Tell me about your hospital. Any cases there? So I think we're going on five to six weeks now of zero cases in the hospital, which is absolutely fantastic. What, what does that mean practically? Do, do you, there's obviously no COVID ward, right? So there is a ward. It's yeah. called the PUR ward. It's okay. a personal investigation. Right. Yeah, when someone comes in with some respiratory type illness or a fever or a cough and things that could be like COVID, they put in that ward, they're tested. And once their PCR test comes back as negative, they can then be moved to a normal ward. All right. So uh, that is that is great news. And the the protocols in terms of coming into hospital, I'm assuming elective surgery is carrying on now. Uh, we are, they're, they're doing elective surgery. Are people being tested before they come into hospital? So same protocols as before, still testing before elective surgery. The tests are just quicker. Right. The PCR turnaround is less than 12 hours. Sometimes it's even two to four hours. And the amount of people being tested is much more constant than it was before because people are actually knowing that they have to be tested prior to coming to hospital and they make sure the tests are negative before coming in. And in terms of visitors at the hospital, does every hospital differ? Every hospital differs, but right. visiting hours have increased dramatically at our hospital now for three hours at a time and possibly two people at a time. Last time we, we had a dip in one of these waves, a lot of the questions, we were, we were asked a lot of questions around elective surgery. People have been waiting for it. They've, is now a good time to, to go ahead with elective surgery? Sure. So I think that's the, the, the best question ever because now is the time. Okay. It's a time to have elective surgery. It's a time to get all of those aches and pains sorted out. It's a time to have all your chronic things sorted out, to go for your chronic checkups, to have your medication sorted out, to see your specialist, to see your GP, to see all of your allied professionals. Now is the time when it's quiet, in inverted commas. In, in fact, I spoke to a GP earlier this week who said to me one of the concerns that he has is he's starting to see patients that are, are quite a lot sicker than they would have been with other illnesses. In other words, instead of finding somebody with a breast cancer at stage one, he's seeing it stage three or even stage four. Because of COVID, people haven't been um, taking care of this type of thing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, unfortunately, as a we're seeing the same thing. You know, right. we, we've noticed that people who had a mild, high raised blood pressure now come with a severely high blood pressure that should have been controlled a long time ago. They should have been on other medication. They haven't come to fill their scripts or their diabetic control is not in sync with what it should be. And we're definitely seeing a big change in all of that. 
Right. Uh, so, do you have your blood pressure measuring machine here? <laughs> because now that we're seeing you in person, maybe we can just do a quick assessment. Oh, right? for that uh, little um, problem of your hypochondriasis. Yes, 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 yes exactly yes, yes. that. Exactly that. Now, who can be a hypochondriac at the zoo? It's not absolutely. Listen, if you're not on a ventilator at the moment, I'm quite happy. You <laughs> seem interested. to be okay. I'm not interested. Right, exactly. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, we are at a family day here at the zoo. It is a synthesis family day. So, if there are kids in the background, well, it's not a bad thing, really, I don't think. Okay, talking about kids, let's let's talk about this announcement that was made last week. Kids under 18, 12 to 18 years old, are now going to be eligible for the vaccine from the 20th. They are being given one Pfizer dose. Is that... Look, t take us through this. I, I think we've got to just go to the background of the whole story. You know, I think we can't just hit head on on the actual vaccinations, but... Firstly, in, in a recent Medscape article, which I read, data from hospitals in 99 counties across 14 states revealed hospital rates among unvaccinated adolescents aged 12 to 17 were nearly 10 times higher than those who were fully vaccinated. This is due to the Delta variant. Cases among children and adolescents is tenfold higher. And if we take a sort of a, a walk back in time to 1924, in an American newspaper, a writer wrote, Doctors have been led to believe that vaccination is safe and sane, the only way of wiping out smallpox. Nothing could be further from the truth. Instead of protecting its victims from smallpox, the vaccine renders them more susceptible to it by contaminating the blood and diminishing natural resistance. Fast forward to 1980. Right, but they were stupid in 1924, weren't they? Fast forward to we 1980. Would never do that, right? Smallpox <laughs> effectively eradicated. Fast forward to 2021. Same argument. So when we get now to talking about revaccination of kids, many parents feel that it's a very hard choice to make. And I totally get that. But knowing the science makes it better. The vaccine helps prevent kids from getting COVID-19. Although it's mainly milder than it is in adults, some kids infected with the coronavirus can get severe lung infections, become sick, require hospitalization, and get severe long COVID symptoms especially the reason being since the Delta variant is so much more contagious. Children can get MIS-C, which is the multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children that could require ICU or cause long-term lasting symptoms. The virus can cause death in children. And I repeat, the virus can cause death in children, albeit it is far rarer than in adults. The vaccine helps prevent or reduce the spread of COVID-19. Children can transmit the virus to adults and to other people. The problem is that with the first two waves, we were under the belief that children couldn't transmit the virus, very different to influenza. With the Delta virus, we know that children can transmit the virus to others, even when they are affected, even if they are asymptomatic. And getting the vaccine can help prevent transmission to others more susceptible. In other words, parents and grandparents it definitely, definitely reduces viral transmission. There's no doubt about that. And children exposed to coronavirus who are vaccinated are less likely to get infected. The major concern that we're dealing with now, and this is the issue which people are asking about, is why is it only one vaccine? Yeah. And that goes in sync with the United Kingdom. However, that does not follow the international trends in the United States and Israel where they're giving two vaccines and even boosters. And so, the so reason is that, yeah. is, is that 
sort of a political financial decision or is that a medical decision to give one vaccine? I think it's a medical scientific decision. I'm not sure what it's based on though. Right. But the point of the matter is that the concern is the myocarditis as well as a pericarditis, more so myocarditis. Right. Myocarditis is an inflammation in the heart muscle. And it's been shown, especially in boys aged 16 to, to 30 in that age group, after the second Pfizer dose to cause a myocarditis. Now, this is a probability of about 0.1%. It's a self-limiting disease. In other words, it can get better with treatment. It doesn't cause long-term effects. The person can present with chest pain, with a tachycardia, with a fast heartbeat, as well as palpitations. But these things are self-limiting and these things can be treated. We do know there's no doubt that the benefits of the vaccination far outweigh the risks. And there's a higher chance of getting myocarditis from Corona-19, from SARS-CoV-2, than actually from the vaccine. So, so a lot of people have said, you know, if kids are invariably should be fine, from COVID-19 while we're vaccinating them? So it's a very good question that, and it's a question on everybody's lips and, and why, why is the case? So we're vaccinating for a number of reasons. First of all, by vaccinating your kids, you're protecting your adults, you're protecting your people in your house, you're protecting your elderly. The vulnerable. If your mm. child comes home and they've got COVID or they've got SARS-CoV-2 and they're a, a vector to transmit the virus, and let's say you've got an immune suppression or you've got an immune disease and you've had two vaccines, your immunity from those vaccines is not strong enough to prevent you from getting sick and you might require hospitalization and you might become critically ill, even right. though you've had the vaccines. Right. We do know for a fact that the vaccines are not 100% infallible. They cannot give 100% protection, but they give 95% protection. So one vaccine will give good protection, two vaccines will be excellent protection. And the vaccines are starting on the 20th of October for, for the adolescents from the 12 to 17 year olds. And if you think about it, it's a brilliant time to have it. Because if you have your first vaccine on the 20th of October, that means your second vaccine will be on the 1st of December, which is six weeks later, if the government give the go ahead allow, for that. Say, which I'm yeah. sure they will do. I mean, it's just, it's part of the evolution of it. And I'm sure they'll do the studies. I'm sure SARPA will give the go ahead for it. So if they allow it, and hopefully when they allow it, that means on the 1st of December, you've got your second vaccine. Two weeks later, 14th of December, you are fully covered by the time you go, on, the time holiday. You go on holiday. What a pleasure that is. That's full protection. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want. Mm. Now, there's a lot of discussions from people saying, well, why waste the vaccine and give it to children? Why not give a third booster to those who are needing it? It's a very good question. What about the healthcare workers? Those well, I was going to get to that. We'll, we'll come to healthcare workers in a minute. So unequivocally, you're saying vaccinate your 12 to 18 year olds obviously that nothing is without risk but the risk is so small and the risk of 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 covid is much greater than the than any possible side effects of so unequivocally i'm saying that so, so much so that i said to my daughter does she want to sleep at the vaccination site on a tuesday <laughs> night and she said to me well i would if you let me sleep out during covid right so okay, you're school. We're yeah. happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, and and you're comfortable going to any of the sites for your 12-year-old or 13-year-old? Just sites, go and, just get, go and get your Pfizer vaccination. Right. Just do it. And uh, Amanda wants to know, hi Howard. Please can you ask Dr. Myberg about the J and J booster? When should we expect it? Do we know anything yet? Is it planned? Because I saw there was an announcement saying that healthcare workers who got the J and J will be getting a J and J booster, not necessarily the Pfizer. 
is give us your thoughts on that. So a study came out on Friday saying about the additive value of getting a second J&J, J&J booster, anything from two months to eight months after your okay. first one. So it's out there and it definitely will give you benefit or definitely give you immunity or definitely boost your antibodies. But I still believe you'll get a heterologous, better immune response from getting a Pfizer once you've had the Johnson & Johnson. So there's no harm in getting the Johnson & Johnson and another Johnson & Johnson booster, but it's better to get a Pfizer. In other words, if you're going to Pretoria on a journey and you want to go in a Volkswagen or you want to go in a Maserati, you're going to get there the same way. Right, but you're right. just going to get there in style. But, just, it's, but I guess we can't expect Johnson & Johnson to come out and say, well, we're happy for you to get the Pfizer yeah, booster. 100%. We, we expect them to say, get the Johnson & Johnson. But we're just devastatedly Johnson. waiting for healthcare Why? workers. What is the delay? This is absurd. We're waiting for SARPRA to give the go-ahead. I'm surely, not sure surely, why. even I mean, before the kids. Oh, well, have, that's, that's the whole point. We would have expected healthcare workers should have been vaccinated yeah. before the kids. Immune suppression should have got their third booster before the kids. There's a surplus of vaccines. There's not enough uptake of the vaccines. We need to get the ball rolling. We need to get things moving in the right direction. We need to protect those who want to be protected. And even those who don't want to be protected, we need to influence them and we need to convince them how important it is to be vaccinated. Mm. It is so important for you to vaccinate your children to protect everybody around you protect yourselves and protect the elderly people around you. Anne says, although we're on level one and have had two jabs, I'm a nervous wreck still and I'm becoming unpopular with my friends. And I don't know, first of all, have a look to see if you've always been unpopular with your friends, but that's certainly not for me to say. Um, they are all doctors by way of bleating away that I've had the vaccine and wear masks and visors, and I will only get COVID mildly, so much so that I might not even notice. They tell me, get on with your life, and uh, this is now giving me a big fat complex, and maybe I'm being ridiculous. Should I get out there more? And I think that... I mean, I'm joking about uh, Anne and, and, and whatever uh, uh, thing, but, but the reality is that a lot of us are feeling this. We don't know what we should be doing, can be doing, what's reasonable. Everybody's an expert, but, but yet no one's an expert. There are very few experts. So, I mean, here we are sitting at the Johannesburg Zoo on a family day. It's stunning. But what should we do and what shouldn't we be doing? So... And I hear your, your, your thoughts and I hear what you're saying and I see your anxiety about all of this. I don't know what chronic conditions you've got, if you've got any, but you've had two vaccinations. So you're already one step higher than 75% of the population. That being said, you don't have to drive yourself crazy. You should be wearing a mask wherever you go. You should always make sure you sanitize. But at this point, when the numbers are so low, when we're in level one, when there's only a 2.2% test positivity rate throughout the country, you don't have to go mad and wear a visor. You don't have to sanitize all your, all your foods and all your packages. I mean, that's fallen away. You know, you've got to start living a bit. You've got to go outside. You've got to leave the house, go outside into the fresh air and start being with people. Have a family over for a meal. Do it responsibly. Make sure you social distance. Make sure all the windows are open. Make sure your mask on in between eating. It's time to do these things now and actually, as I always say, make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, and I think that is very important. Uh, but Terry asks a good question, or I think it's an interesting question, going back to this myocarditis. Myocarditis. Yes, that's the one. Should my 16-year-old teenager who's currently doing sport activity that increases his heart substantially wait until the sport finishes for the term in order to get his vaccine? There's high-intensity sports performance five times a week. A great, great question. And I think the answer is very simple. The answer is yes. So if you are especially if you're a male and you're between the ages of 16 to 30, or even if you want to take the 12 to 30, 
the recommendation is don't do any exercise for seven days after your first and your second vaccine. Okay. That way we can help protect against getting the myocarditis because the heavy exercise coupled with the vaccine has been shown to cause a myocarditis, inflammation in the heart. Some people don't have to exercise, but the exercise definitely be, can be a catalyst for the development of the myocarditis. Mm, I've been very cautious in this regard. For I 18 months, you've done you know, very, for six very months. well. I think for for 18 months, it's been a no, very... Well, I didn't get the vaccine 18 months ago. But yes, ahead of yes, getting the vaccine, I wound down on my exercise. Yes, yes. And I think it's working. Yes, yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's Do you have one myocarditis yet? It's true. Maybe a few other things, yes. but they're definitely not. Yeah. And Susan says, does Dr. Marburg feel that the vaccine is 100% safe for all kids 12 years plus? Look, there's no guarantees with anything that we can offer. There's no guarantee, but it's far more beneficial and you've got to take the benefit ratio versus the risk ratio. It's far more beneficial to have a vaccine than for your child to get COVID-19, to get Miss C, to get the inflammation, to get the fever, to have to land up in hospital, to land up being medicated. The benefits far outweigh that. And we know that there's always a risk with certain things and one of the risks, the major risk, as we know, is myocarditis, but it's a 0.1% risk. So you've got to take the risks together with the benefits. So yes, nothing is 100% safe, but it's very close by, and hence why my daughter is going to have a vaccine on Wednesday through her own choice and her own volition, not through just because her father's punting it. Because mm, she'll be grounded if she doesn't get it. So she oh, chose yes. not to be grounded. 100%. <laughs> right. She'll be Still locked up until Rapunzel comes. Right. <laughs> exactly right. The, is, there any, um, is there any concern around any new variants? So there's not at the moment. The, the, most, the, the most dangerous variant we've still got is the Delta variant. And please, God, we don't get any new variants. And that's the important fact because if we can vaccinate more people, the more people we vaccinate, the less chance of a new variant being able to affect people as readily as the Delta variant did. Look where we are now. We are one year down the line from last year when we were going on holiday where no one was vaccinated, Absolutely. where everyone was in a predicament. No one knew what was going on. No one had any protection. And I'm not saying you've got carte blanche to do what you want, but you've got a different type of buffer now where if you go out into the open, you're less likely to get as sick or infected badly if you've had your vaccination. And we live in a country where we are very, very blessed to be able to be outside. 100%. I think as, that makes... as you can see around us, I mean, there's just open air, people around us, people breathing and being able to actually be a bit free. Yeah, yeah. So there really is there, there really is good news. In fact, on that note, we are going to be moving the podcast to every alternate Sunday from for the next few weeks. Hopefully, uh, we won't we won't see an increase. But if we do see an increase, if we start to see the numbers picking up, we'll, we will move this back to weekly. But at this stage, uh, uh, Dr. Anton Meiberg and I have discussed that there in the absence of a lot more new information coming up, we're still going to continue doing this every second week. Uh, and, and that's simply I, I think it makes practical sense. Yeah. You know, unless something new develops, like for instance, this week with the vaccinations for the adolescents, where something topical, we'll bring it up. Otherwise, two weeks. Otherwise, every second week. Not to just consolidate what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Is it good news? Well, I mean, there's so much well, good look news. Look at us. We're sitting outside in yeah. the sun. It's a glorious day. Vaccination of adults is up now to 26% of fully vaccinated. And of course, a double whammy yesterday. Stunning 5-0 win for the Reds, the real Reds. Champions, the best team in Europe. And a beautiful, beautiful win for Leicester. And to quote, you can't shine like a diamond 
unless you're willing to get cut just like a diamond. Interesting, interesting. And of course, we know diamonds are also uh, formed under pressure. So that's exactly what has happened to many of us over the last 18 months. I'm Howard Feldman. This has been the Sunday Synthesis Podcast with me, Howard Feldman, and of course, Dr. Anton Marburg coming to you live from the Johannesburg Zoo, the Sunday, the 17th of October. Please don't forget to subscribe below. Send us your questions. Keep them coming. And we will see you in two weeks' time, of course, unless, of course, something comes up that we feel we need to update on but other than that we'll see you in two weeks in the meantime as we've been saying make hay while the sun shines it is shining Uh, be cautious be kind and god bless